0: Hello and welcome to the Linder Farm Network Field Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Lemke. Rural Minnesota faces a diverse set of challenges, but also opportunities. About 45% of the state's population lives outside of the seven-county Twin Cities metropolitan area. More than 20 years ago, the Minnesota Agriculture and Rural Leadership, or MARL program, was created to develop the skills of Minnesota's agricultural and rural leaders. To date, more than 300 Minnesotans have been a part of the program. Today, we talk with MARL Executive Director, Olga Brower, about the program and how it seeks to impact rural Minnesota.
1: So Minnesota Agriculture Rural Leadership, it is the goal is really to enhance rural communities in Minnesota. And we do that through um, really our our farmers and uh, foresters uh, through agriculture and natural resources. Um, So we have a strong tradition in focusing on agriculture, but also having a lot of farmers in the program itself. So cohort leadership, 30 people at a time, and we go through um, a very rigorous program for about a year and a half. And so it's a, a big time commitment. You see all parts of the state. We open doors. We do things that you'd otherwise not get to do or see. And uh, it really, it really changes and transforms lives. And through that, ultimately, communities, right? We all have our our challenges in our community, so that is really the goal.
0: And you've been at this for a little while. I mean, this uh, coming year will be uh, uh, what you're looking at—class 12 or 13. So, tell me a little bit about you know the, the background of the uh, the, the moral program and and some of the uh, you know the history of it.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh,
0: class 12
1: is what we're looking at. We're currently working with the 11th group, the 11th cohort or class. Um, and um, so we started back in 2000 with the very first cohort of leaders, agricultural and rural leaders from across Minnesota, who formed that first class. And, um, and you can imagine since then, in 20 years, all the things they've done and taken on, the uh, most impressive leadership stories of agriculture in the state, really. And uh, so very, very different things that they've been doing. So every other year, we start a new cohort with, like that and um, with a, a diverse group of people, uh, very different ideas that they typically have. And that altogether creates the ultimate mix, right? You're not only there with people who do exactly like what you do, but uh, um, people from different generations, men and women who have very different ideas of growing our food and fibers and and advancing our... Um, our uh, rural communities, right? Our small towns, um, making sure that we keep it all vibrant. So we all want that, but we all have some different solutions for that sometimes. And it's just really powerful to have that all in one group together. So we work with a cohort, with a class, every um, yeah, year and a half, basically. We really do uh, most of our seminars in person, but we have learned, of course, to use technology. So um, if it's more logical uh, to, to justify you know, your time, why would you drive five hours to have a quick prep session, right? You, you could easily do that nowadays with um, online types of platforms. So we use that as well. And um, and then we uh, so we, we spend also time in Washington DC, learning about national leadership. A lot of our uh, um, past participants are very active at that level as well um, in commodity groups and and different organizations and uh, really influencing what is happening in Washington DC. And then ultimately we also go abroad. Um, The current class, class 11 is uh, scheduled to go to Ecuador end of March and early April. And we're very optimistic about that. You can imagine traveling at this time is a little more complicated than it usually is, but it's not impossible. So we're very, very uh, optimistic about that and really broadening your mind, taking you outside your comfort zone, making you more comfortable with that and creating a stronger voice for agriculture and rural communities.
0: You mentioned some of the diversity about folks of different ages, different backgrounds, that sort of thing. Who is a moral participant? Who are you looking for?
1: We are really looking for, first of all, very motivated people who really want to invest in their own growth, who want to learn. Um, You could be a leader that is very experienced, but if you think you know everything already, this program is not for you. <laughs> if you know all about yourself and you figured it out and this is, you know, I'm, I'm done developing. No, then moral is not for you. We really want people to, who want to be become better at what they do and work, you know, set goals on how to, how to be a better leader uh, and sometimes a better person, right? We all have our flaws and our, and things that we can, maybe even um, develop even better, right? Strengths that we have that we can use better. So that's um, uh, one component of it is is that piece of of how you work on yourself and your own personal development and leadership development. We're also looking for people um, who um, have some active leadership experience but you don't have to be a very advanced leader. Um, some of our participants have been extremely advanced and uh, have chaired national organizations and, uh, uh, before they even applied for this program. And that's fine. I think it's good to have some different levels and we can learn from one another. But um, even if you're a more emerging leader, this program might be a great fit as well. So we're looking for that. People in their professional lives, we're really looking for people who are very invested in Minnesota. Um, We typically ask, do you live, do you you reside in Minnesota? Um, I do get questions about that. What if somehow your bed is right across the state line, but everything else happens here in Minnesota, you might still be an okay candidate, right? So um, why would you participate in Iowa or something that might not make a lot of sense. So in in that case, so those are some requirements. So people in their professional careers, um, uh, so it's not for specifically for um, uh, college uh, students or anything, but um, but very soon after that sometimes people are already ready for this. But we do, uh, yeah, we do expect a little bit of a real life experience too, and not just a textbook. So there's there's a little bit of a mix, but uh, yeah, there's that. So it also is a huge time commitment. So we, um, we do expect candidates to uh, really um, set time aside for it. And the more you invest in that program, the more you get out of it, right? So there is that. So those are some of the basic uh, things that we hope people can do.
0: No also in, in terms of diversity, as far as the sessions and the training and the and the get-togethers that you have, I mean, I know you uh, address more than you know it's it's obviously agriculture, but it's also rural communities which can uh, you know open up a, a broad area of topics to address. So to touch on some of the diversity of programming and and topics and and to, uh, things that you address as well, right.
1: So I can split those things up maybe in three components. First of all, we have that leadership and personal development where we look at all kinds of different things when it comes to that. So f- some assessment tests that we do, such as uh, emotional intelligence and finder and different things there. We also work on conflict, um, communications, things that you really need. And, and you can practice right away, right, in your, in your daily life as a leader or as a uh, even in your business or in your job. Um, And as a follower, very often, we're very often not really leading, right? So there is that. Then secondly, there's that knowledge piece with diversity, as you mentioned, uh, diversity in all the different things that happen in Minnesota when it comes to our natural resources. So agriculture, of course, is a heavy emphasis of our program, but it's not limited to those agricultural pieces. Um, when you look at agriculture diversity, we look at a lot of the conventional production that we have in the state, uh, corn, beans, uh, pork, dairy, beef, um, all those different components. But don't forget wild rice, sugar beets, of course, huge uh, poultry, and in particular, turkey uh, is so prominent in our state. So we look at all those more conventional pieces, but also um, uh, some things that we don't always think about, especially not in my community, is it's not that diverse here in southwest Minnesota. But um, we also work with uh, the Hmong American farmers or uh, other minority and urban farming groups who ultimately also want to do the same thing, right? And, and so we look at all those different ideas. And there is, of course, forestry and mining, in the state and, um, and those are important pieces to our rural communities as well. And um, um, so we, we make a combination. So very diverse when it comes to those excursions, those tours, the places we go in the state. We really look for the gems. Uh, so very special things that are happening in our state that communities um, and areas are very proud of. There is a lot of very exciting stuff happening in Minnesota because of very visionary leadership, right? People who innovate, come up with new things that are just mind boggling. So, we really try to implement some of those pieces so you can take them back to your own community. Um, You don't have to mimic or duplicate what another community does, but it, it is inspiring, right? Like, wow, yeah, if we really work together and invest together, we can really elevate this all together as well. And then there is the piece of um, the um, advocacy for agriculture in particular. So having that strong voice um, and having a good understanding of why that is important. Um, So again, if you go back to my community, Lake Benton, um, very agricultural based, we don't even think about the possibility of people not understanding what we're doing because this is what we do, right? However, the majority of our nation and of the world honestly doesn't know. And so there is that very important piece where we touch on how, how in the world do you connect better opportunities than ever before with internet and, and all these, these tools that we have But if you don't realize it or if you think, well, maybe it's better not to say anything and complain about it at the kitchen table, it's not going to change, right? So we'll have to have to make that uh, happen. So there's a lot of diversity within our program, a lot of different dynamics that we look at. It's never a dull moment. (laughs)
0: So is there anything that you frequently hear from your graduates, for example, you know, as they're kind of doing a post-mortem, if you will, of their experience? Is there an overarching theme that you often hear from folks that have gone through this um, as as one of the the biggest takeaways that they have?
1: Yes, absolutely. Those are the most important pieces for me in in my role, um, knowing what people value the most and especially a year or two or even later after going through the program, what what really made a difference? Uh, what was eye opening? What was transformational for you in, in your career and in your leadership um, uh, development and um, um, different pieces to that puzzle? Um, of course, there's that leadership uh, programming that makes a difference where people just become more aware of how they lead and and they can become better but um, huge pieces is learning about how our food system works how to be more confident very big piece people always talk about that I suddenly feel more confident hey you know that our legislators are are no different than we are, so we can become more involved with that, for instance. Um, and a, a lot of alumni have done that and stepped up and uh, have been elected as well as county commissioners or uh, house representatives. And um, you, you can be at the table. So that confidence piece, huge. And the other day, someone told me, someone who was in the program 18 years ago as a younger farmer, and now, mid, mid-career, I should say, um, he, um, he said, one thing that I learned that we don't often talk about is how to responsibly leave my farm and my family for uh, a couple of days. Before Marl, before he was in the program, he thought he could never leave. Now you have to go to Washington DC for five days for the class 12, it will be four days, but um, and go abroad for a, a little more than a week, maybe. How in the world am I going to leave? I can't do that. And he said, You know what? I had to figure it out, and it worked great because, of course, you can ask you know people around you to step in. Um, it's not, we're definitely not advocating for. Just leaving everything behind irresponsibly, <laughs> clearly, but uh, but he said it was a life changer because that meant through figuring that out that he could be much more involved with a lot of other opportunities to be better leader, a better leader in in the uh, ag industry. So um, if you think you can never leave, um, it's, it'll be tough, right, to be at that table. So. It was uh, just interesting how different yeah different people get different things out of it, but that wasn't uh, the first time I heard it it really it really changes your perception of your role in, in a lot of ways. but confidence first of all yeah
0: so I now you had mentioned that you're uh, starting to look for uh, class 12 how do folks go about? applying what are again some of the things perhaps that you're looking for and, and where can folks go to uh, to learn more about what you're looking for or to apply what's the best approach for them
1: right applying um, is easier than it has ever been before it has been a uh, quite cumbersome process it's an online form so you just type in your name and uh, an address and then some things about your career and education things like that and uh, um, it's it's a lot easier and faster than it has been in the past. We do um, ask for some insight on perspective, so there's a, an essay section basically. but uh, but it's all online. the essay section you could email. Um, and then we ask for some references but uh, but that's that's the the main part of applying and then later um, uh, early June is when we'll have online. Uh, interviews so through uh, um internet online and um, and so there's that piece where we select the best candidates and the uh, uh, not only the best candidates but we also try to create that diverse group right so even if you are a very good candidate if you happen to be one of the many oh i always say what if we would have um 40 um or, or thirty. So say we had a whole bunch of forty-year-old old swine hog producers from Nicolet County who all, you know, everything was the same. <laughs> oh, that, that, that. Yeah, you could have one or two, and but you have to create the right mix. So, um, so there's uh, n- nothing against hog producers from Nicollet County, clearly. <laughs> but there's. You have to have the mix. So even if you're a wonderful candidate, there might be a, a simple reason like that why you wouldn't be selected at this moment, but you would highly be encouraged to, to try it again in the future. So there's, there's that sometimes happening. And um, some people take that personal, which I regret. It's a, a very seldom is a personal thing. It's often just creating that right mix. Does that
0: help? Absolutely. So if folks are interested, they, they have a little time, but uh, I'm, I'm guessing you would encourage them to, to give it some thought and to look into it and, and maybe even talk to someone that they know that's been through the program to get some insights because most of the people that I know uh, that have been through it sp- speak very highly to it and would certainly uh, provide good information and a good resources if, uh, you know, if someone's considering applying for themselves.
1: Absolutely. So we have a website, moralprogram.org. On that website, we have uh, first of all that application form, and and um, it even explains the schedule for class twelve. So you could take a look at that and say, you know what, this might work for for my schedule in the next two years or not. Right? Just you know, take a look at that. Uh, we did. We were able to reduce the time commitment, um, and especially during um, harvest. We uh, used to start in November, and I did hear from a lot of producers that that really was a stretch, which I, I completely understand. So, um, decided to st- not really start with the real leadership content until December of 2022. So that should really help. On that website, there are also pages with our alumni. So even if you don't really know, if you know anyone who went through this program, but you're intrigued. You can go straight to those pages and and go through, read all the names, see some of your neighbors or or colleagues there, and uh, and reach out to them.
0: Well, excellent! I wish you uh, the best with the program. I've heard nothing but good things, and certainly uh, hope folks will uh, give it a, a serious uh, evaluation if they're interested. I think um, again, a lot of people that have been through it walk away changed in 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 a good way, and that can only mean good things for rural communities here in Minnesota. So, Olga, thank you for your time and thanks for what you do. Thank you so much, Dan, I really appreciate it. Applications for MARL Class 12 are being accepted now through April 29th. To learn more, visit marlprogram.org. Thanks for joining us on the Linder Farm Network Field Talk Podcast.